You're listening to Wolves Radio. This is the Press Pack. The views from the press box at Molyneux. I'm Mikey Burrows from Wolves TV. Joining me on this episode is the Birmingham Mail's Wolves reporter Alex Dickin, the Telegraph's Midlands correspondent John Percy, and the chief sports writer of the Sunday People, Neil Moxley. There is only one story dominating the press pack this week, the appointment of Yulan Lopetegui as Wolves' new head coach. And I started by asking John Percy for his reaction. Well, the first reaction was the obvious one. Fantastic appointment, you know, with all due respect for a club in the bottom three to get a manager like Lopetegui with his track record, his pedigree, is a superb coup for the club and obviously, you know, ends a wait for six years, as we know, going back to the first takeover by the, the ownership. The Premier League now has just got a remarkable level of managers, hasn't it? I mean, you know, you look over the road, Unai Emery coming in at Aston Villa, Lopetegui now at Wolves for a team that's struggling. I mean, that now just shows you how desirable the Premier League is for these coaches and managers who have obviously been around the block already. But no, fantastic appointment, good timing as well, gives the club a lift. And uh, I, I imagine everyone just wants to get it started straight away. You get more of an insight than most into the the workings of clubs trying to hire and fire people. It wasn't the easiest of managerial head coach searches. No, certainly not. And obviously, in the club's defence, he was the one they always wanted. Everybody, everybody knows that, you know. And obviously, once the the case came to light with his father not uh, having good health, obviously that complicated it. The process, I, was, I guess they've had to start from, from scratch then and draw up the process. A lot of uh, cross-section of managers, you know, and they've obviously tried and tried and tried to find the right appointment whilst still maintaining that dialogue with Lopetegui. And obviously, my understanding is late last week, it all started from his side, came, came back on again. And obviously, Wolves didn't want to miss this opportunity. But, I mean, I think... Many Wolves fans were maybe looking at that situation, which me and Neil would have covered 10 years ago with Terry Connor, thinking, are we going to be left here with a situation where, you know, we've, we've, we've messed it up here and we're left with a caretaker. But obviously, the timing was on everyone's side, really, that there's still this World Cup break. There's a load of games left to get your ideas and strategy across. So, in the end, it actually worked quite nicely. Maybe they just had to wait a little bit longer. But I think patience has been a virtue after all, hasn't it? Yeah, Neil, uh, Purse references uh, some elements of history that you've been there and seen. I mean, a football club is a difficult thing, isn't it, at times when they are trying to make key decisions and there is no more key decision than getting a head coach and eventually they've got the one they wanted. Yeah, I mean, I think John makes a very good point there regarding the equivalence with uh, Terry Connor. It was a strange one um, in terms of the timing of it, really, back back then, uh, it came. You know, it was a bit of a knee jerk reaction. I, I I didn't think. I mean, I went to that five one game, and, and um, I think Steve Morgan was more upset. Who wasn't actually at that game was more upset with the um, with with the outcome and the final result with the performance because you know, Wolves could have easily have got something out of that game before West Brom ran away with it in the last fifteen minutes. I think the parallels a fair one to draw. But the only difference I would make is the fact that there, there is an obvious break now because of the World Cup. And it's given a clubs like Wolves the ability to sort of take stock and make um, you know significant changes should they be required and not have a massive impact on the season in terms of, you know, they haven't got any games to con- with which to contend following um, after next week. So it gives um, Mr Lobotegui the chance to 
get in, find out a little bit about those players he's got at his disposable and implement a style that, um, you know, that he feels can take walls, for, walls forward in the second half of the season. And he's got to, and he has to hit the ground running really quickly. And the one good thing I would say before you move on to Alex is that um, I do think that they are not cut adrift walls. They have got the ability to make up the ground. We've seen Leeds United in the last uh, two, last seven or eight days rather, move from being sort of, you know, looking like they they were banging trouble. They've got Liverpool, just before kickoff at, at Liverpool. Then they've got and won at Anfield and they've uh, managed to overturn a 3-1 deficit at the weekend against Bournemouth. All of a sudden they've shot up the table. You know, the, if, you know, I know ifs are the biggest word in football, Mr Lobotegui can get a, a couple of signings in and affect that change quickly. Then, you know, the great thing from, from Wolves' point of view is they're not cut adrift and they can they can still climb to safety and and, and with a, a bit of comfort if 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 if, if, if these things come off. Oh, it's it's an interesting with Wolves because they are a, a squad that is you know much stronger than this position they're currently in, and they've got some very good players there. And you know you can't imagine a team with Ruben Neves, Mateus Nunes, Jao Martino getting relegated to the Championship. But again, there is there is no such thing as as too good to go down. The issues I've noticed this season, which were prevalent last season as well, is that. The goal scoring issue is still there um, and they can't score goals. They haven't got a striker who consistently score 10 plus goals at the moment. But they've also got that issue at the back now where they're, you know, for the first time in, in three or four seasons, actually starting to concede goals. Um, not one of the worst defensive records in the league, but still over the last uh, six, seven games since Brio left, they've, they've shipped goals and, and that's a big problem. Um, and obviously those two things combined together have left them in this, in this difficult situation going into the World Cup break. Personally, I think having watched them, I, I think they've got enough to stay up. The only issue is we're already starting to look at the Premier League table and think, you know, are the three worst teams than Wolves. And I was, I was thinking yesterday, maybe Nottingham Forest, Southampton, who again have sacked their manager now, and Bournemouth, who have kind of had a good run of form and then dropped back recently. But, you know, outside of that, it's so kind of close. There's, there's teams down there just above Wolves, you know, the likes of Aston Villa, who, you know, would look at the start of the season, a lot, a lot higher than where they currently are. So um, it's a competitive league in the bottom half of the table. And I would worry for Wolves if they can't, like Mox said earlier, get, you know, two, three players in January, strength and key areas, you know, defence, especially going forward with a striker, that they, they, they won't have enough to, to make up the points deficit they've, they've lost over these first 14 games. See, it's interesting there, isn't it? Because there's an awful lot in there that you've listed off that has gone through this season. And, and yet... Uh, purse you know I wonder how much of that from the outside you know when you speak to the editors down in London presumably who are looking and saying what stories have you got what are you going to talk about this week how much all of that kind of resonates or whether you know where Wolves stand basically in that pecking order of other clubs in the Premier League that has that interest well obviously there is a big six bias there always has been you know but obviously there's, there's an interest in Wolves because of the, the squad. I mean, as, as Alex has said, that squad, household names, wherever you look, you know, they should be not in this position. They're too, they should be too good to go down. You've got players that are coveted by many clubs across Europe. I mean, it was Nunes, you know, Liverpool, Man City, both huge fans of him and still are to this day. So, you know, that squad there it has, it has an interest on a national level because you look at that and think Matinho, Neves, you know, you look at those players and they're, they're superstars, really. I just think going back, going back to Lopetegui, he needs to come in and get his style onto this play because I think there's been a bit of a mishmash. They've not been scoring goals, and obviously, as Alex says, they've been leaking them. 
But Lopetegui is known for a sort of high pressing, you know, passing out from the back. His teams have always scored goals. I think there is goals in this team. I just think under Bruno, maybe all the approach play was good, but there just wasn't enough threat in the box. I think that was maybe a stylistic thing rather than the actual personnel. There is obviously got to be players coming in in January, but I think even with this squad at the moment, there is a lot of room for improvement to make it better. I think there is goals in this team. But there clearly is faith, right? Because you clearly got faith in in Lopetegui to come in and do that job. And and Mox, I just I say just on that theme of of how it's viewed from elsewhere. You know, when when you speak to your bosses and you're pretty high up as it as it stands anyway, so you're one of the people who make those decisions. You've always been able to sell Wolves story stories because of the club that it is. You know, um, for twenty years we were aching to you know to sell Wolves stories before they got back into the Premier League in in 2000 and you know 2003 I mean they were you know outside the top flight of English football for way too long and and to be honest with you they've been struggling until um uh, Nuno came in they were struggling to to to, to leave an imprint to leave an imprint there we thought they cracked it we thought the sound that foundations were solid unfortunately it's just been um little more than uh, a season of disaster really if it's not been um it's not been not scoring goals it's been losing them but the good news is good news let's look on the bright side it's not it's not they're not cut adrift um but i, I just feel that um a bit like john says that I, I, I sat and watched the first i was on holiday and I watched the first half hour of the of the game at spurs and um i just thought then that while the build up play was fantastic and they dominated the the first the, the 30 minutes I saw in the first half at Spurs. There was a lack of conviction in the final third of the opponent's field. And I don't think it's actually been... I think that's been a constant theme. I mean, I've seen plenty of Wolves. I've seen four or five games live. I think I'm going again on, on Saturday to, to, to Arsenal. So, you know, I've, I've seen enough to make, you know, to, to hold that opinion. And it's been a common theme. It's the same at... It was the same at West Ham when I went. It was the same, really, and truthfully speaking, against Forest. You know, Steve, sorry, Purse, but um, Wolves really should have made the domination uh, count long before, you know, Forrest had the chance to get to get back into that game. And, and I do agree with, well, I do agree with uh, John in terms of, you know, they have got some, you know, sufficient goals in them. I do feel that there is a little bit of a lack of conviction going into that final third as to who is actually going to put the ball into the net. And I think the injury to Neto was a was a big was another big blow as well. I mean, as everybody acknowledges, you know, I pay I would pay my own money to watch Jay Martinio play football. He's just been I think he's just he's magnificent. You know, you don't get 130 caps for, for Portugal, you know, without having something about you. But I just feel there's a lack of conviction in the final third. And of course, when you're making mistakes at the back, you you know, you fall a goal behind. It's, it becomes a, it's a difficult game when you fall a goal behind in the Premier League. And um, I just think Wolves need to get out of that sort of spiral and, and get some forward momentum again. Perth, you wanted to come in there? I was just saying I agree with Neil that it is the conviction. It is, the, you know, the, there are always goals in the team, but it's, it's whether the team's set up correctly or tactically. I think that is what Lopetegui has to do quite quickly when he comes in. Yeah, I, I agree. And from what I've read, I've been reading loads on Lopetegui the last few weeks, obviously, and he seems to be a kind of... Not, you know, all out attacking football, uh, but there seems to be enough kind of goals in his track record at Severe to suggest that he can get a tune out of this Wolves team. I mean, they had the best defensive record in the league last year as well. And I mean, that's that's an area Wolves have fallen short in recently. So, I mean, if he can make them more solid and just add a few goals, I, I think this team's got enough to stay up, but it will it will need help again in January. It's one of those things though, isn't it? It's, it's so easier said than done, Percy, mm. that... Transfers is is 
really difficult thing to do and and in january and i wondered uh, from the people you speak to whether because of the world cup is that going to make the january transfer window any different any harder any easier do you are people expecting more to happen because there's a world cup there i think so yeah there'll be a lot of players who will have stayed at their present clubs over the summer because they wanted to play at the world cup maybe they go to the world cup and don't play and realize it's maybe i wasn't in the shop window for my club at at club level and now they think right we need to move there'll be a lot of that I would think across Europe the problem you've got is obviously we've spoken about this league table being so tight will other if you're in for another Premier League player will any club outside of that established top six want to give you their players when they could easily lose two or three as we've seen with Leeds completely change their the mood of the, the move music you know do you lose two three games thinking no I'm not selling my player to Wolves you know we may we may lose a couple and be down in their position. So I think there's a bit of that. But obviously, as we know, Wolves do pull a rabbit out of the hat from across Europe and maybe they're going to be looking at a different supermarket. Neil, if you, uh, if you were advising Yulan Lopetegui, I know that would be yeah. an interesting situation and scenario. Um, you mentioned before about uh, areas that need addressing. What yeah. would be your advice to the new man coming in? Well, to, to do what Nuno did, basically, and, and, and have it coming with a completely open mind and, um, and try and find a system that best suits the players that you've got at your disposal and also one that will potentially suit the players that you've earmarked for arrival. I mean, just to pick very quickly, Mikey, upon that, uh, on that point uh, that you've landed with Perse, the, the World Cup, what traditionally happens is people have good World, World Cups and then the prices go up. You know, and uh, I, I would be a, the first thing I'd be advising the board is, you know, if we can help it, can we stay away from any any, any of the World Cup players because, you know, uh, any of them show any sort of form whatsoever, and they're going to and the the, the the fees are going to be jacked to 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 the to, to the sky because and they know that Wolves aren't in a great bargaining position at the moment. So I would probably be saying, look, you know, if you've got your eyes on anyone, can you should we should we look outside the World Cup players at the moment? That'd be the first thing. And the second thing is, like I said a, a moment ago, just to uh, finish the finish the response um, would be to to actually look at the players, judge what suits them best, judge what's you know um, uh, what style suits the players you've got, and 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 obviously the system that you know best too. Nuno came in, nobody saw Connor Cody as a as a as a linchpin of a of, set, uh, of a three man back line. Um, nobody really saw Matt Doherty as a as a wing back, and I still think there are a few. There aren't many better when you know uh, at actually playing that role than Doherty. I don't think he ever got the credit he deserved, um, although he got probably the, the movie deserved um, for for what he did when he was here. And um, you know, I know people think it was dull, and at times it was. Um, but you know, there was a structure to that wall side, and they were difficult to score against. And you know. They had obviously a fit and firing Raul Jimenez, and we, we you know, we miss him when we see him at the at the moment. But the, the fact of the matter is, they were difficult to beat, and they stuck to a system. They had a system. Everybody knew what they were doing in it, and ultimately, Wolves, you know, profited from it. They got out of the Championship. They got into the Premier League. They got, you know, into seventh place. Finished in, you know, quarterfinals of Europe. I mean, you know, it was a pretty impressive few seasons, and it was all done on the back of a rigid structure of. Um, of, of, of personnel and you know people who were who could play in those positions and I'd like that's what I'd like to see Lopetegui come in with a complete completely um, completely uh, fresh fresh approach and just judge it on judge what he sees on its merits. 
because Alex, that's a really good point, isn't it? About the there are we talk we always talk about transfers and fans always look at players to potentially come in, but there are players there now, and there are some who will be trying to work out their futures and scenarios. But there's a lot to work with from day one. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's a very strong squad. It was a squad that you know for for two thirds of last season was challenging for a Champions League place, and we quite quickly forget that. I mean, they probably left themselves a little bit lighter in defence centre-back than everyone else wanted. Um, you know, they, they signed Nathan Collins and then let three go, three experienced players in size, Bolly and, and Cody, obviously, as Neil mentioned earlier. Um, probably could do with one more just to compete with Kilman and Collins. Um, and obviously, you know, everyone looks at the striker situation because Wolves don't score goals, but they have got three three strikers, two of which we hope will be, will be fit after that break in Raul Jimenez and Diego Costa. So, you know... He's worked with Lopetegui's worked with Costa before and got a tune out of him for Spain. Raul Jimenez, we all know on his day, can be a fantastic player in the Premier League. So there are two players there instantly that, you know, are very good and proven Premier League players. I mean, Costa's not the player he was. Jimenez might not be the player he was, but still they're capable of scoring goals in, at this level. So it's a, it's a case of kind of assessing what he's got first and he will have that, that six-week period, you know, before his first Premier League game against Everton on Boxing Day where he can look at the team and, you know, it's, it's it's also a clean slate for everyone. Some players have performed quite badly over this season and this last six weeks especially. So it's a clean slate. And a lot of these players, you know, who've got ambitions of, of going back into into Europe, whether it's at Wolves or elsewhere, um, need to kind of book up their ideas and actually perform to the level they were over the last couple of seasons in what remains of this season. Um, just before we wrap up, boys, uh, Mox, I've got to ask you because you've been on this patch for a long time. Um, was there ever a point where you thought, given the ups and downs you've seen of this fo- of this football club, that a former Real Madrid and Spain manager would be taking over the club that was once Graham Turner's and Graham Taylor's and Mark McGee's and Colin Lee's? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was um, I was a student. Uh, um... Uh, I went to Wolverhampton Poly to do my business degree back in the day and I lived out the back of the John Island stand as it was and every now and again um, I would go and watch you know fourth division football as it were as it were in that uh, in that gorgeously dilapidated South Bank Um, uh, and I remember watching uh, His Royal Highness uh, Steve Paul score I think four goals in about 20 minutes against Bolton one after one afternoon um, in front of a, a, like I say, a lovely but you know lovely atmospheric but decrepit Molyneux before um, Sir Jack redeveloped it. Uh, if you told me then that you know we'd be getting the colour, you know they're getting the calibre of players that we've seen arrive over the last three or four years, you know, you, we, you, you, well, you, I wouldn't have believed it. Quite to be quite frank, but the the um, the, the building blocks, the, the core support, the love of the town for its football club. You know, have, have have always remained. You know, they've always come out in their numbers. So, the, like I say, the, the raw ingredients have always been there. Uh, it's, it, it's been lovely to see it harnessed um, over the last um, few years. So I've got a bit of soft spot. I mean, spent a lot of time in 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 the city, was a town, obviously, it became a city, and and uh, so it's lovely to see. So, no, the answer to your question is no, and and that's why. But that is why it's so crucial to the the, the entire city that um, that Mr. Lovettegui comes in and and protects its uh, hard-won Premier League status. Um, as I say, just before we let you go, because uh, I'm really grateful to you coming on, and I always I want to point out to people that it, 
the the media pack is different now, isn't it? The press pack is different from many years ago. And one of my abiding memories of the the last time we were in the Premier League in the period under Mick McCarthy was when Mick made the 10 changes at Manchester United. And I remember the press room being packed for his next pre-match press conference. And there was a lot more journalists on the scene back in those days. But nobody, bar you, Neil Moxley, had the guts to say to Mick who it was that was calling him out. And I remember you saying the name of the manager who said it and Mick falling off his chair quite literally in his press conference. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was Mr. Wenger, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for your calm words. I, I, I was just doing my job, whatever it was I did. But Mick, um, yeah, I loved that. Every, every, listen, I, I don't think, I think, don't think anybody on John will probably back me up. John's been on the patch long enough. Alex, I don't think you work with Mick, but um, I, he was one of a kind. I, I, you know, in terms of um, blokes, but they're really up there. You know, uh, just a top, just top, top fellow we wish to deal. You know, if you asked him a question, you got an answer, and that's not always the case with with football managers. But he, you know, he's honest. He he saw it as he said. He didn't duck anything. Um, yeah, and we, um, yeah, it was a sort of, so I wasn't the only uh, sad person to see him live. I'm sure there were plenty of others in the in, in our profession, probably including yourself, Mikey. Yeah, uh, I, I had a lot I of time for him. One. I've got Go- a mix. Can we leave on another mix story that I just wanted to remember? You've just jigged my memory. Go on. Mick McCarthy, obviously, as Mock says, brilliant to deal with, superb. Did a great job as well, let's not forget. Um, Sunderland were playing. Roy Keane was the manager. It was the first yeah. time they'd met since the infamous World Cup, um, or whatever it was, the, the big fallout. Um, big press conference, a lot of people were there. Mick McCarthy, pre-match, Roy Keane, Sunderland, sat down. First question. Any injuries, Mick? <laughs> I remember that, and he, you know, he, he he found it funny. He laughed, you know. He knew he knew it was a bit of sarcasm, but then he could take a joke. But no, yeah. um, that's my memory of Mick. It was fantastic. And I think and, they drew that night or one. I can't remember. Yeah, it was one one. I think it was a Friday night game, wasn't it? And um, but I, for the press as well. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that Mick McCarthy made all the running in meant in that relationship as well. Yes, um, absolutely. You know, so which just given the given the furore that that kicked off, um, you know, it goes way to to um, to uh, gives you an indication of the measure of the man. So well, uh, yeah, a lot of time for him. Well, now that we're doing mixed stories, apologies, Alex. Like this is, <laughs> this is how different it used to be, right? So. Um, <laughs> Mox and Percival know full aware of Mick's uh, cup of coffee trick that he used to do to quite a few people where he would pretend <laughs> to fill up a cup of coffee and go to the point of pretending to put sugar in it and milk and stirring it and then to pretend to trip and oh, as yeah. if it was going to throw over someone. But the best thing, best one Mick ever did, and it was a, um, uh, I think it was the first or second round of the League Cup. And he sits down because he used to do his TV interview beforehand. And then he'd kind of step to the side to do radio. And then he'd sit back down and people like uh, Neil and John would gather around the table and get close to him. And he he did the unusual thing of he named his team in the TV interview. And so he's, he's gone through and he said, yeah, it's the first round of the cup. I'm going to name the team. And he names the team. And then he steps to the side to to do the radio interview with myself. And a colleague of ours by the name of Tim Nash gets up and comes and sits close. And Mick has clocked it out the corner of his eye. He knows that Tim's coming, he's listening in to what's being said. So I say to Mick, 
you've named taking the usual step you've named your team he says yeah i have yeah so he's like would you like me to name it for you it's like yes please and he starts naming a completely different team (laughs) and at the corner at the corner of his eye he is looking down at, at tim nash who's now frantically going back through his notes to try and work out what's going on. And then all you heard was, as, as Tim looked up, was Mick going, look at Scoop's face. Look at his face. I'm Donnie McKiffer. Yeah. Oh, was a, I've, got, was... I've got another one, but I can't broadcast it, sadly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my we've friend. Gone from, we've gone from Lopetegui to Mick McCarthy. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, and uh, and that's why modern journalism is different, Alex. Uh, <laughs> and also, just before we go, by the way, uh, I, I can't miss this opportunity. If I'm bigging up Mox, I've got a big up purse because uh, a Percy bomb is now a thing on social media. Yeah, so I gather, yeah. Um, it's great. Obviously, it's better to be uh, getting stuff like that than, than abuse. But uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's Don't get uh, abuse anymore, John. Oh yeah, still get loads of that. Yeah, yeah, but I'd rather get Percy bombs all day long. Uh, genuinely though, what is it like now? Because you have become this kind of this figure online that everybody looks to. It's uh, it's, it's nice. It's, it's it's you know you you just try and do your job to the best of your ability. And I hate talking about things like this, but I, I do find Twitter is actually surprisingly. I do find it is a nicer place at the moment. I don't know if that's anything you guys would back me up but I just think it's it does seem to have settled down a little bit I know there's obviously still a lot of problems on there and you know all the faces accounts and everything but I, my experience of it recently are a bit a bit more different maybe it's just a bit of a period in period in time but no it's um Percy Bomb <laughs> <laughs> Alex Alex is social media a nicer place or do you expect it to get nicer now we've got a head coach in place uh, I, I think there'll be a bit of a respite uh, over the next few weeks. Um, obviously, get the Arsenal game out of the way. There'll be a lot of angst if Wolves lose that one again. But um, after that, I think I think Wolves fans in general are more positive at the moment because they've got this kind of big name manager in place. Um, so I think Wolves social media. I can't speak for anywhere else, but I think Wolves social media is probably a little bit more relaxed uh, since the appointment of Lopetegui. Um, knowing that he'll have those six weeks to implement his ideas and hopefully get them a few results after the break. The reaction, the reaction has been very positive, I must say. I mean, on um, Friday and Saturday, it was um, everyone, you know, everyone's of the same message. You know, we've got time, we've got a great manager, you know, great position still to be in. So, I mean, it's been very, very popular, I think, the decision, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, look, I know he's not got no experience in the Premier League, but he's got experience. So you know he's he's a he's a he's approaching his sixties and he's got he knows he knows the game he's managed some big clubs he knows what it's about you know he knows he's got to hit the ground he, he should know anyway so I I wouldn't have and he's got plenty of time to, to to bed himself in so you know all he's not lost he can still salvage something from this season and, and let's you know let's uh, let's hope he, I'm sure everybody at Monu is going to get behind him so you know, let's turn the place into a fortress again and and let's see where it goes. Neil Moxie, John Percy, Alex Dickin, thank you for being on the press pack. Cheers, Mike. Cheers. 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 Cheers.